Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Do you like the show and want to help support us? Want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Then head over to Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro and become a Patreon supporter of this show. programs and welcome to another episode of the nerd cave retro show my name is Derek diamond and joining me on the show this week it's a little bit of a nerd cave podcast reunion my good friend mr robbie rawls how are you sir I'm taking over <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm doing well man how about yourself good good it, it's it's uh it's nice to have you back on some type of podcast. You I know. know it's, it's been uh, uh, my my docile tones have been missed, um, or so I've heard, or not have heard. But you know, it is what it is. I've missed your docile tones. I appreciate that. No, it's been you know, Robbie and I we co-hosted the Nerd Cave podcast together for. Let's see, you joined that show in two thousand fourteen. So I think we were on the show three years together, and yeah. then did the. Fantasy football show too. Fantasy football show. Um, we we've done we've done some stuff to get together, Derek. Some some good, some really good, <laughs> and some <laughs> not so good. Uh, but no, it, it's it's good to have you on. You know, um, Jason will be back uh, next week for the 100th episode of Nerd Cave Retro, which is insane to think about. Oh, I know. I was thinking, I was like, man, I'm on 99, and this is my first one too. Yeah. So uh, it's it's nice. I'm the other other bald meat um, besides Jason. So <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Uh, but yeah, you know we we've kind of been just been sitting here for a while. Uh, you came over what about two hours ago, and we've just been kind of talking. We're like, oh crap, we got to do the podcast. Yeah, we should so. probably do that at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's why you came over. So we should probably get into that at some point. The real reason I came yeah. over. Was to talk to you. Oh, you're too kind. I'm glad you did. It's no six hour conversation at La Hacienda. Well, I'll tell that story real quick and then we'll get into the news. <laughs> so, Robbie and I have known each other for a decade plus. Oh, yeah. Robbie knew me when I was in my teens. I know. Which is, you're one of like three people that can say <laughs> that that I still talk to. We have a local Mexican establishment here called La Hacienda, makes delicious food, best La. quesadilla in town. And I forgot the actual reason as to why we might have just been having lunch. I got you, out of I got out of college. I got out of class early, and uh, I was like, I don't want to drive all the way home. I was like, I was like texted. I was like, Derek, was like let's go get some lunch. And you're like, okay. <laughs> and from there, magic happened. We got there in the heat of the lunch crowd, mm-hmm. and we left when the dinner crowd <laughs> started to show up. Yeah, I never drank. So much 
sweet tea in my entire life as I did during that. We were there from 12 to, what, 6? 12 to 7? 6.30. Just talking about all kinds of different stuff. If you ask me, what what did y'all talk about? I would have to say it was probably the true meaning of life, which neither one of us remember anything of what we talked about. No, it was probably about (laughs) movies. Yeah, probably. Meaning of life and movies. Yeah, definitely. So let's get into the news for this week. So this is something that uh, Jason and I talked about. Robbie, I don't know if you're too familiar with this, but um, you know about emulators yeah, and ROMs. Yeah. Well, Nintendo's been cracking down on the ROMs and the emulators. Uh, it says here, this is from NintendoLife.com. Recently, we heard the news that Nintendo had filed a lawsuit in the U.S. state of Arizona calling out two ROM and emulator websites for unfair competition and copyright and trademark infringement. It appears that this has helped spark a new level of fear among sites such as Emu Paradise, one of the biggest ROM sites on the web, and they have decided to change its ways. They said, it's not worth it for us to risk potentially disastrous consequences. I cannot in good conscience risk the futures of our team members who have contributed to the site through the years. We run Emu Paradise for the love of retro games and for you to be able to revisit those good times. Unfortunately, it's not possible right now to do so in a way that makes everyone happy and keeps us out of trouble. This is an extremely emotional decision for me after running this site for so many years, but I believe it is the right thing for us at this point of time. So what do you think about Nintendo basically dropping the hammer on ROMs and emulators? Well, I mean, I do. I mean, I understand both sides of the ticket. Um, I've played Pokemon games, uh, you know, on my phone, thanks to, you know, sites like this and different things like this, I've been able to go back and play a Zoids game, which I was very big into Zoids when it came on Toonami, and I was so thankful to have a platform to where I could go and revisit these retro games that I loved so much growing up, but I also understand Nintendo coming in and being like, hey guys, you didn't make this. This is our stuff, um, and we've seen how Nintendo, you know, how they they treat people who are, you know, piggybacking off their success, aka podcasters, YouTubers, and different things dealing with that. So, I like I said, I understand both sides. I wished that they would be like these games are, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty years old. You know, I mean, you're you're getting these people in to your games that's what it should be about it should not be about the money but at the end of the day that's what a lot of things comes down to not the what makes a game a great game i would like if 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 i had a game and i know little little jim bob over there would never have seen my game unless it was free to play or whatever through you know what is it emu uh, emu paradise like you know, yeah. I, w- I would be okay with that. Yeah. I get that. To me, the other side of the argument is if Nintendo is going to crack down on all these sites and force them to remove their ROMs, because they've got the Switch Online service, which will be launching next month, they should upload a consistent number of games and make them available yeah. on the Switch. That, to me, if you're going to go through all that trouble, because... 
a lot to me a lot of the reasons and it's the reason why I will do it on occasion is because when you have like the NES Classic and the SNES Classic, it has a fixed amount of games on it and you can't put anything new, mm-hmm. you know, digitally. But there are so many Super Nintendo games that I loved back in the day that you can't find anywhere else. And if you do find them, you have to, you pay an ungodly amount for these yeah. retro mint condition, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, find a way to make it, you know, affordable for us to go back and relive our childhood or, you know, allow uh you know these people to to put out your your games in the in this form. You know, yeah. no, you're. I totally agree. I, I love emulators. Like I said, I was able to play. I think it was. I want to say I played Yellow on my phone. Mm-hmm. Like it was beautiful. Yeah. No, I I totally get it. But uh, you want to take this next story? Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Nintendo snack pack a fan made portable TV with built in retro games now for most of us having dreams of creating an ideal gaming setup is easy you probably you know picture how it would look and even the various games that you'd need you know I know I've thought about it. I was like man I would love to build a an Xbox and a PlayStation 2 in one but um let's see that's why I should not get off. You could probably picture, you know, there's no way you could actually make it happen, right? Well, this guy did. Now, if you can look and see what, what is it, Marcel J. Dehan, the man who is also responsible for tabletop gaming machines, has now created a new bit of, bit of kit dubbed the Nintendo Snack Pack, which is also a very, very cool name. Dedicated old school entertainment system. Does is literally what it says. Great acronym. <laughs> Using a 1970 Sony portable seven-inch TV for the casing and hosting circuit boards taken directly from NES, SNES mini editions, and tiny TV box that has been transformed into an adorable gaming machine, uh, and it does look excellent. The project didn't end here, however. The SNES Mini PCB was loaded up with Sega titles, allowing the users to choose between their favorite Nintendo and Sega classics. A huge battery was installed to take the thing on the go for a couple of hours at a time, uh, which, you know, I don't know how long the Switch last, because I know that was a, a big issue. So, I mean, having something that, like this that you can play for hours at a time, pretty nice. Yeah. I uh, well, you can go ahead and read the this this is the kicker right here. So, how can you get your hands on one of these? Well, unfortunately, this is a one-off project, which is understandable considering it took Marcel five months on and off to complete. If you're interested, though, you can check out the full blog post, uh, which lists all the components and how it was put together. Just be ready to commit an awful lot of time. Uh, and I'm seeing, you know, you got Nintendo, Sega. You know, he even had. The original PlayStation, um, which I remember playing Digimon um, on. So, I mean, I would love to go back and play Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Uh, you know, my Digimon games and different things like that. Mario. Ugh, so many things. Love the soundtrack to the Tony Hawk games. They were always amazing. Yeah. No, I, I would love to have this thing. You know, I didn't even realize it was a 70s portable TV, but looking at it, you know, it totally makes sense. It looks like of the, that and a, and a toaster oven put together. But it looks so good. It's it even does. got the Nintendo snack pack written in the Nintendo, like, like Super Nintendo font. font. 
I would, in no way would I be able to probably build this thing because I'm not very good at building electronics. Yeah. Like, I would love to be able to build my own computer, but I know I can't do it no. because I don't have the time or the patience for it or really the skill. You and me but, both. But this thing's awesome. Like, total props to this guy for taking, yeah, five months to build this thing. It's a lot of time to dedicate into something that you hope works whenever you plug it yeah. in. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, if you guys want to check that out, uh, it's also on nintendolife.com. Just look up the Nintendo Snack Pack and check that out because it is amazing. It's, it's, yeah, it's amazing. So that does it for the news. Let's move on to this month in video game history. On August 30th, 1987, Capcom releases Street Fighter, the first game of the series. Robbie, have you ever played any of the Street Fighter games? I have, and uh, I'll say... I. Because it's been a long time since I've played. Uh, Ryu was my main character, but I also played as, and I guess because I can't remember his name, I'm calling him Stretchy Arms. I know um, who you're talking about. Stretchy Armstrong. Uh, he was he was my second character that I would go to, only because, obviously, you have a lot of reach with with Gumby yes. Man. I, I love playing those games. I, I used to love like the the side angled fighter games, you know that, you know Mortal Kombat and different things like that. That was a lot of my childhood. Beating my little brother into a pulp on those video games it was always so much fun for me. Um, have I played a Street Fighter game in the past five to ten years? I have not. I actually, growing up, I never played a single Street Fighter game. Really, I like, was strictly. I loved Mortal Kombat because yeah. I played 1 and 2 for the Super Nintendo, but never got into Street Fighter. Street Fighter 2 Turbo was on the SNES Classic, and I've played it a little bit, and it's very hard. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've heard that Street Fighter 1 does not hold a candle to 2, but I've never played any of the other Street Fighter games, so I don't really have anything to compare it to. I liked one, like I, and I don't know if it's nostalgia or what, because that was my first introduction into it. Uh, one is definitely uh, better for me um, than than two was. I played both. Obviously, I didn't play as much into two because that was when I was kind of, you know, playing different things. Mortal Kombat. I mean, there was a lot of stuff out, you know, during that time because. I mean, obviously, I didn't play it in 87 when it first came out. Um, that was a little bit, a couple of years before me. Um, but once I went back to revisit my, my gaming, I yeah. guess, history at that point, uh, you know, I was probably seven or eight playing these games and loved every minute of it. Yeah. All right, so August 14th, 1995, the Nintendo Entertainment System is discontinued in North America. Which is crazy to think about because the SNES came out in 91. They were still making Nintendo, like the NES. I, I want to say, I know the last NES game to come out was Wario's Woods. And I want to say it came out for both the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo, and you're you're seeing that carrying over into newer games. Like the Xbox 360 was still having games made, you know, a year, year and a half into the life of the Xbox, and same with PlayStation. Like they, the PlayStation Two, the lifespan of that was freaking insane. Yeah, I and I mean, I just recently in the last couple of years, like 
quit doing anything for that one. Like, I think it just continued its online gaming or something. Like, you know, your gaming systems have a lot longer life that you don't have to go out and buy the new flashy thing on the street because you will still have quite a few years left with it. I know a lot of times people jump ship as soon as something new comes out. But, you know, that's how we are as consumers. But, like, the NES and the SNES, that was, like, I was, that's where I started. Mm-hmm. PlayStation is where I picked up, and obviously Microsoft is, like, where I finished. Like, so I feel like I'm a well-rounded gamer when it comes to it, because I've, I've had my, my fingers in a lot of pies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like I said, Nintendo always has a spot in my heart, because I remember the first game I ever played, Duck Hunt. That stupid dog. That damn dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should look into getting the Switch. I, that's it, It's really good. I told Holly, and she, she hears this. She's probably going to slap me because she's tired of hearing me talking about Holly, it. buy him a Switch. Uh, she gets so tired of me talking about Nintendo Switch. Uh, but after we buy the house, I told her, I was like, I don't have to worry, you know, about putting stuff on credit cards or, you know, having or buying a big, putting a lot of cash towards a big, ticket purchase i was like once we sign on that dotted line for the house i'm buying a switch (laughs) so you heard it here first yeah so i'm I'm excited because there's so many things obviously that i want to play on the nintendo switch because breath of the wild Wild, odyssey i mean there's just so much and there's so much more stuff coming to it well there is that certain game that's coming out in december that i know both you and i are going to be very excited for Hello Kitty World. Some might say it's the ultimate game that we're looking forward to. That made me hate Sonic. So I, I made all of you hate Sonic. I hated Sonic so much. And the freaking igloo guys, kids. Oh, the ice climbers. Ice climbers. Yeah. Freaking Luke. Uh, shout out to Luke if you're listening. <laughs> uh, August 25th, 1996, Tekken 2 is released by Namco for the PlayStation. Never played any of the Tekken games. I got into Tekken. I think it was either Tekken 2 or Tekken 3. I think it was 3 on the PlayStation 2. Uh, it's one of those, like, I saw it. I was like, oh, it's, you know, one of those fighting games like Mortal Kombat, like Street Fighter. You know, I played it. I played it for a while. You know, there's a lot of interesting characters. There's this guy. He's like a Jaguar man, a Manguire. Um, so, I mean, there was... Obviously, there's some cool aspects of of take of taken Tekken. Um, you know, it's it. You have everybody has their go to fighting games. Mine is. <laughs> King. King. Yeah, like I told you, he's literally a jacked up dude with a jaguar head. That's a man, awesome. a manguire. No, I've I've never played Tekken either. But like you know, I I like a lot of the fighting games, but like mine is mine will always be Mortal Kombat as as king same king for me. I remember when that I think it was Mortal Kombat Nine came out for the 360. When we drove to GameStop for the midnight release and we played that thing till the sun came up. Oh yeah, like and you know even the one on Xbox One that I played mm-hmm. and that Zach for whatever reason. I was button mashing King because Zach could hardly ever beat me. 
And then he quit play. We quit playing that game because he got so mad that I kept <laughs> beating you. <laughs> uh, uh, I just had a really good idea for an episode of the show that we'll talk about off the air. Okay. But uh, yeah, take us home on gaming history. All right. August 31st. 1996 picture this you're sitting on the couch in your parents house you're playing elder scrolls 2 daggerfall i can't say that because i never played daggerfall um that was i didn't even play um the third one which was oh my gosh um give me a second and i will find it oh Morrowind. Yeah. Morrowind. I was like, don't, don't do it, Derek. I know it. Um, I went, like, obviously when Oblivion came out, that was my first, you know, I remember I, I watched Brett play it, and I was like, hey, man, let me get in on a little bit of the action. So I started my character, and I've always been a Breton, always been a Breton, and uh, played it, fell in love, and I went back and played Morrowind for a little bit, but at that time I was like, oh. The Xbox 360 graphics are so good. I can't go back and play Morrowind. and the graphics are horrible. And then I look at what we're playing at now, and I look at <laughs> Oblivion, and I'm like, Ugh, yeah, these graphics suck. But you know, it is what it is. Like Elder Scrolls has always, always had great games, um, and I'm sure this one was great too. I just never played it. I didn't get into Elder Scrolls. I remember watching you guys play Oblivion a mm. lot. But I never bought it because I knew that Skyrim was coming out. And that yeah. was another one. We drove to GameStop and picked up Skyrim. Mm-hmm. And we played that till the sun came up. Back when you uh, actually went to GameStop to buy games. Now you can just buy them digitally. Yep. Which I've now gotten in, into doing. I have to. I, uh, I, I'll seldom pick yeah. up a game, a disc at GameStop. Um, you know, it's just so much easier. It is. You had to wait to download it, but I mean, now every game you get, you got to wait for the disc to download all the stuff on it anyway, so you might as well just buy the game digitally. Are the, going to those midnight releases were, were really fun, though. I remember when we went to, I think it was me, Willis, and Trevor went to Halo Reach for that online, because that, that was before the GameStop and Pace opened, so we had to go all the way to Pensacola. It was the, it was the game the GameStop outside the mall. Yeah, and we grabbed it and just you know hauled ass back to my parents' house, and again stayed up all night and played it. Me and Zach got Halo Three from that same one, um, but I remember I can't remember which Halo it was, because um, we had all went to the Pace one for that one, and they brought the gaming truck out there and we had a tournament and. And nobody else made it to the next round except for me. And that was only because the ship we were playing on was that super small one. And all they had grenades what were sticky grenades. Oh, my God. <laughs> and sticky grenades are my forte. <laughs> Stuck in the middle with you. <laughs> that was uh, my go-to song. Uh, good gaming times. Uh, we, we could do a whole separate podcast about our time playing Halo. Gosh. So much time playing Halo. But no, Elder Scrolls is great. You know, I, I'm curious as to what they're going to do for... The new one. Yeah. Like, I don't even know... Well, the link, I guess, is right here that I can check out. Uh, there's there's not much. much yeah, literally, out. at 
E3 this year, Bethesda said that Elder Scrolls Six will be released after their next franchise, which is called Starfield. So, so I, definitely something to keep an eye on. They just gave us a small taste. Like they 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 knew that we expected it, and they knew that we'd be upset if they did. And so they were like, "Hey, let's put a quick like thirty second, you know, video together mm-hmm. and and show the land." And that's yeah. all they did. Like they had no. It was the potatoes without the meat. Pretty much. Pretty much. So I think it's time to talk Pokemon. Pokemon. Pokemon Gold and Silver. Uh, a while back, I reviewed uh, Red, Blue, and Yellow, mm-hmm. because Yellow is essentially the same game. Yes. So, I mean, we could touch on Crystal as well for this, but this week we are going to be talking about Pokemon Gold and Silver, which are the second, the second installments of the Pokemon series of role-playing video games developed by Game Freak and published by Nintendo for the Game Boy Color. They were released in Japan in 1999, Australia and North America in 2000, and Europe in 2001. Uh, It introduced 100 new species of Pokemon, which was insane at that time. Yeah, because all we had known was the 151. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, Robbie, you're... You're probably the biggest Pokemon fan that I know, or one of the biggest Pokemon fans that I know. As I'm still the one that plays Pokemon Go and our friends besides Jake. Like, going back to, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, playing with my Game Boy Advance, like, who, okay, what starter did you have for Gen 2 with, because uh, it was Torchic, Totodile, Totodile. Because I normally go water. I always go water. Like, I'm usually, like, nine times out of ten, I'm going to go fire. And my first playthrough, I had Torchic, uh, which fully evolved into Blaziken. I wanted a fire chicken. And that's what I ended up nicknaming him, was Fire Chicken. (laughs) You would. (laughs) And... You know, I, I went back and I believe it's Trico was the grass Pokemon for Gen Two as well. I know they all blur together. Um, at, you know, when you're when you're doing no, Chikorita, it was Cyndaquil, Cyndaquil. Trico was the was Gen Three. Okay, it was Totodile, Cyndaquil, and Chikorita. I believe. Yeah, Chikorita was the grass starter. Yeah, for, Chikorita for Gold and Silver. So, you know. I think the main, like you know, you you have your grass is always good, but I feel like sorry, Willis, but grass ends up being the sucky one. Um, at the end of the day, uh, you have they're they're weak to so many things. Like yeah, they're good against rock, but how many people are gonna be like, oh, check out my rock Pokemon? Yeah. Um. So. <sighs> so many, so many good stories. You know, you got the the final four. You know, you, it was always so much fun going and 
seeing the gym battles. Those were always mm-hmm. the fun because not only did you have to fight somebody who was, you know, hard to beat, nine t- they all had puzzles. Mm-hmm. Puzzles are the funnest part of games to me. I know sometimes I get ticked off by how hard they are. But, I, you know, I think it was... Um, I want to say, I don't know if it was Bugsy or um, the third one. The third one I remember having a distinctly hard puzzle. Yeah. Because the the mill tank you had to fight was next to impossible to beat. And that's what I was saying. Like, you had the puzzle that you had to get through, but then, you know, you beat the crap out of Whitney's Clefairy. And then you're like, oh, mill tank? I remember the first time I saw it, I'm like... It's a pink cow. How hard can it be? Mer. And then he uses freaking rollout. Yep. And I'm like, what? What? What just hit me? And you watch your Pokemon's life meter go, because rollout gets stronger. Yep. And stronger and stronger. I was like, I can't tell you how many times I had to go through till I could finally beat him. I was like, can I go back to Bugsy and beat his grass-type Pokemon? Because usually I'm fire and I can just blow through him pretty easy. Not to be confused with Muggsy from the great movie, right? Seizure <laughs> Now, I, I think the cool thing, you know, I remember going through Red and Blue and then Yellow came out. Mm-hmm. And I, Yellow is still my all-time favorite Pokemon game because it was closer as being adapted to the show, yeah. which was great at that time. Cool. Then, Going back and watching the that show and like Digimon, yeah. Power Rangers. Some of those episodes are a little rough. Oh, there's some cringy stuff. <laughs> there's some stuff that's still good, but yeah. there's some that you're just like, uh, maybe it just needs to stay in the 90s, like most episodes of the Power Rangers. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but going through and playing through a new region with new Pokemon, but it still had some of the same beats of the first one because, you know, team rocket was still around, Mm -hmm. but they were dissolved. They weren't dissolved, but they were basically broken because they didn't have their leader anymore. Yeah. Instead of the three birds, you had the three dogs. You had, um, Entei, Raikou and and Suicune. And then Suicune was like the main feature of crystal. Those things, because you had to fight them at random, it was so frustrating. <sighs> like, out of the dogs, Entei was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I caught all of them, but I will say the hardest one for me to catch was that freaking Raikou. I would I would see him in the grass. I'd be like, oh, oh, I got you. And then he'd paralyze everybody. Yep. And then he'd get away. I, oh, I get so frustrated. Like. Because obviously you you want to catch them all, yeah. And he was such a pain in the butt. But like I said, Entei was always my favorite because um, I think he was psychic. Um, I believe he was a water type as well. Yeah, he had he, and having two different types that you could be. Uh, I mean, it was just it was just one of those things that was just so much fun, you know. Because it wasn't you you went to this one place and and he was there. You had to you had to see where they showed up on the map, and then you had to get there and hope to God that his butt was still there. Because I can't tell you how many times I, I he'd be across the map, 
and I'd run. I'd like get all the way over there, and I'd look at my map and be like, okay, where is he? That foot and went to where I just left from. Um, oh, so, Suicune was just a water type. Yeah. I guess they hadn't... Well, no, they had dual types. They did. I don't think a lot of them were. Yeah, because Raikou was electric, Entei was fire, and Suicune was water. Okay. Still, I, I know when we're going back, because I know neither one of us has played you know, this game and probably since, since the remake yeah because we were both into it when they released it as heart gold and soul, soul silver. silver yeah so you know being able to i know you're you're just rehashing old things and just kind of blowing the dust off and being like hey let's make money off of this i still bought every remake mm-hmm. i think i even bought sun you know, this is the last iteration that they came out with. Mm-hmm. I bought, you know, I didn't buy, I, it wasn't Sun or Moon. It was one of them. And, you know, I played through it. They got my, Nintendo gets my money when it comes to Pokemon. Like, um, like I know I still go out and I still play Pokemon Go um, all the time. Now, out of the, the newer Pokemon that they came out with. Um, we're actually looking at a list right now. Which one was your favorite? Well, I did really like Totodile because for Alligator, his final evolution looked really cool. Um, let's see. Going through, there was Hoot Hoot and Noctowl. They were okay. Um, I did like... This was something I thought was really cool. They added evolutions to other Pokemon. Like, they had you know, your Zubat, Golbat, and then Crobat was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Steelix. Steelix looked pretty good. He badass. was one of my favorite new ones. Yeah. Uh, Politoed. Because mm-hmm. I, I love the whole Poly series. Like, yeah. I would always catch a Poliwag and raise a Poliwrath whenever I would go through and replay um, either blue or yellow. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Slow King was cool, especially in the, the movie. Because he could actually talk. Uh, let's see. I'm looking for the one, and I know as soon as you see it, you're going to know which one I'm talking about. Oh, Farfetch'd? No. no. Far- Farfetch'd was an original yeah. one. Yeah. Um, where is it? Come on. The the sheep. Oh, uh, Mareep. For- yeah, because you nicknamed it Sheeper. Sheeper. And, and, I, and I don't know why, but I got so angry when you everybody hated me. Like, if y'all don't, I think you've already passed it. I Ooh, think it was uh, Tyranitar. He's he's still a, a beast in Pokemon Go too. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, we um, one uh, I can't remember which game it was. I think it was Soul Silver and Heart Gold came out. We uh, decided to, you know, me, you, Willis, and I believe it was Jake. We all. Trained up our Pokemon, and then we knew we were going to have a battle. Um, and so, when I caught my sheep, because I used um, Ampharos as my electric type, mm-hmm. and when I got it, and I, t- I took a took a picture of it, and I sent it, or I might have been at the house with you guys, and I told y'all that I nicknamed it Sheeper, and like. You thought that I just nut shot at everybody in that room with their faces, and like I was, I was dying laughing because I was like, "That is a golden nickname." Have you seen Major League Two? I have not. Okay, then you wouldn't get the reference. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> Sorry, so, no, it's all good. 
No, I think out of all the new ones, um, Polly Toad is up there, but I would probably go with um, uh, Crobat. See, Emphros or Steelix were always mine because I liked, you know, stealing ground. You know, if you're getting hit with Blizzard or something like that, then you're pretty much screwed with Steelix. But, like, you know, yeah, you had your Pikachu and your Raichu. You had different types of electric Pokemon, you know, in the original, you know, 151. But, you know, having, you know, Sheeper, that just gave you a different type that you could do. And was this the one that had Zigzagoon in it? The raccoon one? Um, no, that's no, for that's, it. That's for it. That's that might that, be that, another that, one. Be, that might be Gen 3 um, that they came out with that in. But, like, you know... When Ooh, you, Caesar was good, too. I yeah. liked him. There was just a lot of new stuff. Like, I didn't know how I would originally like them coming out with um, new Pokemon. Yeah. But obviously, you couldn't keep it as at the yeah. original 151 because you're going into different regions. You got, you know, Kanto, um, what was it, Johto, Johto, um, I can't remember. A, a low, the lower than like there were so many different places to go. There'd yeah. be it'd be weird just to see the same 151 all over the world. Uh, so you know, I, it definitely grew on me or, mm-hmm. or, or evolved on me that. Uh, you know, these different Pokemon, there are so many cool ones that you could get, and you just have to learn how to play as them, I, you know, yeah. what their strengths are, what their weaknesses. Because I remember playing as a, when I was younger, I would just play, I'd pick who I'd like, and I'd play with them. And then once we got older, we were like, oh, we got to get the person who has the, the right, you know, are they happy? Are they sad? I, you know, trying to think, because that goes into if it's like a happy Pokemon, the special strength was higher or, you know, something dumb like that that yeah. we actually, you know, paid attention to. So, I mean, it, the game definitely evolved. And I think, I know people look at Pokemon and they see that it's a, a kid game. But as you, as Pokemon went on, it was very basic at the beginning. And as it evolved, as we grew up, Pokemon also grew up. They were, we were able to do more things. You were able to battle two people at mm-hmm. once. Um, you know, you were able to look at, you know, deeper into the Pokemon. Like, like I said, whether it was, you know, it was happy or, you know, you know, it mattered if it was male or female, you know, different things like that. So I felt like as we grew and we understood more, the game opened up. So I feel like it's not a kid's game that it kind of, walked up in age mm-hmm. with us and was able to grow and kind of figure out what it wants to do as a game. Yeah. Now, to me, the thing that made me geek out about this game was after you beat the Elite Four, you get to go back to Kanto, the original region in red and blue, and you have to beat all eight of the original gym leaders. Now, some of them had changed because I think... Um, Koga's daughter took over as the um, Fuchsia City. Yeah. And then Blue, or Gary, took over as Viridian's uh, gym leader because Giovanni was gone. Blue. Yeah, what a jerk. I know. But then after you go through Kanto... God, that was such a hard fight. You can (laughs) catch, you know, some of the original 150 from there. 
then you fight the Elite Four again, but then there's one more person you have to fight. When you go to, I think it's Mount Silver, you get to the top, and there's one fighter there. And I remember I didn't know anything about this. Yeah. Because I didn't look at a strategy guide or anything. I just see this one guy, and I'm like, this, that little sprite looks really familiar. And then he says nothing. And then this badass battle music starts. And it says, Pokemon Trainer Red wants to battle. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then he throws out a freaking level 70-something Pikachu. Yeah, it was one of the hardest battles ever. So in the original, I'm going to read off Red's team. Yeah. This is from the original version of the game. Pikachu, level 81. Mm-hmm. Espeon, which is my favorite Eevee evolution. Yeah. 73. Snorlax, 75. Venusaur, 77. Charizard, 77. And Blastoise, 77. Like yeah. When I say that is hard, because he covers all your bases. You got fire, flying, water, normal, psychic, electric, grass, poison. There's so much that you can do damage against with that. And not only does Blastoise, you know, have Surf, Whirlpool, Rain Dance, which Rain Dance obviously boosts yeah. all water, he has Blizzard. So if you have anything that's Steel, uh, Scizor, Steelix, you're dicked. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I mean, Charizard has Fire, Flying, and Normal. Um you know, a normal Pokemon Snorlax has both psychic and normal. So, I mean, yeah, you're in trouble. So they didn't think it was hard enough in the original. Yeah. So when the, the remake came out, Pikachu was upgraded to level 88. Espeon was replaced by Lapras, who is level 80. Snorlax is 82. Venusaur, Charizard, and Blastoise all at 84. And this is when we started getting into attacks that are dual. Yep. Um, so, so like Lapras is water and ice. Charizard is fire and flying. Yeah. Well, you look at some of the attacks, too. Uh, like, I mean, just the different types of, you know, obviously, Volt Tackle, you know, you and it, it lists... It, it was it was an ungodly matchup. Like I I remember that's probably why I'm bald now. Um, was was one of these fights like this? Like it just it was so challenging. It took me. I mean, it took me a while to beat the the elite four. Yeah. Once I got through with that, I was like, oh my god, that was so hard. Then I get to this, and I was like, I would rather fight the elite four like twenty more times. Yeah. But, I mean, it was super cool to see him, but, oh, my God, was it hard. It was extremely hard, but I remember when I finally beat him, I just threw my DS down. and was like, yep. I'm done. I'm I'm done. I'm done. I am totally done. And then you hit start a new game. Now I'm just playing. (laughs) Um, As far as the reception of the game goes, uh, it says here, Gold and Silver continued the enormous success of its predecessors, beginning the formation of Pokemon into a multi-billion dollar mm-hmm. franchise, which I believe is the highest grossing franchise in history. Like, it, it passed Star Wars, which is crazy to think oh, about. Yeah. Um, as of April 2000, 6.5 million copies of the game have been sold in Japan. 
Silver proved to be the slightly more popular version, edging out gold by only 100,000 copies. Um, well, I, I think, didn't... I, I had... I had gold. I had silver. Which, looking back on it, I would have gotten silver because I like Lugia more than Ho-Oh. Yeah, I'm a big Lugia fan. Lugia is a beast. Good old Lugia. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it was met with critical acclaim, many saying the extended length of gameplay, which is a very long game, yeah. and the new features were valued additions that kept the sequels as interesting as the original games. Um, Craig Harris of IGN gave it a 10 out of 10. Some of the reviews or scores that it had gotten, uh, Famitsu gave it 33 out of 40, which is a weird way to record a yep. uh, score. GameSpot, 8.8 out of 10. IGN, 10 out of 10. Nintendo Power, 8.7 out of 10. So what, what, would you give, what would you give Gold and Silver? I know we both haven't played it in quite a while, but... I- I would give it a strong nine out of a ten because I just remember they were. I mean, for me, I the longer gameplay, I felt like there was a lot of stuff that we could have done. You know, I think they could have trimmed some fat out of it. But I know with me, a lot of times I go around and you know I'm sitting here leveling my 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 Pokemon up, and that takes forever. And then you have to get into the game. So I think with the game being extended longer than the normal ones were, I think that's what kind of slowed it down for me. But I still love the game. I will still go back and play it now. Like I told you before we started this, I was like, now I have an itch to play mm-hmm. Pokemon. So I need to. I, and I don't have. A, I think I sold my Nintendo th- uh, 3DS. So now, not only do I have to get a Nintendo Switch, might have to get a 3DS as well. <laughs> you know, you got to do what you got to do. I, I would say probably, I'd give it an eight and a half. Yeah. From a sentimental standpoint, I still enjoy red, blue, and yellow more. But I do think gold, silver, and crystal are probably better games because... They had the addition of the new Pokemon, but it still had that strong connection to the original. To, and, to Kanto. And going through and playing through Kanto again, and then playing Red to finally beat the game, what, to me was just, it was great. It was better than the cinematic reveal of, of, of who Luke's father was. Well, let's not go that far. But, <laughs> but no, I, I see your point. But yeah, that's it for Gold and Silver. If you're if you're a Pokemon fan, I'm sure you've played them. But if you haven't, you're doing yourself a disservice. If you have a 3DS, they are available for download yeah. on the the eShop. Definitely go check it out. Yeah, you definitely need to. Like I said, it's those games are amazingly fun. Um, countless countless hours of my life have been devoted to. Yellow, silver. I mean, leaf green. I've I, I, I have played every couple of years when one comes out. I've played it, and that's going back to nineteen ninety nine to present. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it's just such a great franchise, and you know, I wish it continued success. And Nintendo, if you hear this, we want it on the Switch. It, it's coming. I know it is. But they need to get it out soon. I'm yep. I'm foaming at it. Like <laughs> Breath of the Wild, Odyssey, and future Pokemon game is the reason I want to switch. 
I mean, those are good enough reasons. That's good. I Odyssey and Breath of the Wild are good enough on its own. Yeah. Breath of the Wild is good enough on its own. Yep. No, I totally agree. So before we get out of here, I do want to thank our uh, patrons from Patreon, Daniel Salmon, Randy Bailey, and our newest patron, Mr. Justin, Justin Olson. Thank you guys so much for your contributions uh, to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. If you guys want to contribute, um, if we continue to maintain our stretch goal of $50 a month, we will do a bonus episode for the listeners. And I don't know if you've listened to it yet, but me, Jason, and Wally did an audio commentary for the Super Mario Brothers movie. I saw it and I... Did that movie's bad. Did y'all watch it? And yes. Go, okay. See, I might listen to you guys. I just, it's so hard going back into that movie. Like, cause I, I remember seeing Wally posting that he was watching it. And I was like, I'll pray for you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll pray for you. The things we do for the listeners. That movie. Well, and I was telling them after the fact, you know, there are some movies that are so bad but they're great in their own way. Like they're so bad that it makes them enjoyable. Yeah. There's nothing enjoyable about the Super Mario Brothers movie. No. There's really not. No. Like it's scary bad. Yeah. It's Ugh. it's awful. But if you also contribute, you get the opportunity to vote on what we talk about for the bonus episode. We could review anything retro. It could be another video game movie where we do another commentary or we do just a straight up review or it could be a retro TV show or a movie. But if you want the opportunity to do that, go to patreon.com slash nerd cave retro. So on that note, Robbie, it was good having you on the podcast. And it was great. Being it's like on. we never stopped doing hey, it. That's just how it is. Yeah. It's that connection. It is through 10 plus years of friendship. <laughs> That it is. <laughs> uh, friendship and tolerance. Hey. That's what that's the name of the game. <laughs> yeah, that is true. So uh are you on uh are you still on Twitter? Oh yeah. Yeah, tell tell good me old, your Twitter so the listeners can follow you. Good old Rob Dog four nine six three. That brings back so many memories. Good old Rob Dog. <laughs> so if if you guys want to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, go to at NerdCaveRetro. At JFunktastic for Jason, at Derek underscore Diamond for myself. Uh, if you want to follow us on Facebook, we're at Facebook.com slash NerdCaveRetro. We're at NerdCaveRetro.com. And you can email the show at NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. So on that note, normally I say, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce as the closing line. But I think the only thing we can say is, gotta catch them all, Pokemon. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
for full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.